0: Welcome to the weekend sports buzz coming at you as we do every Sunday from 10 until noon here on 1450 WXVW talking all things in the world of sports. We've got plenty of information to cover this morning. We encourage our listeners to give us a call on the Oxmo Ford Lincoln buzz line 502-384-1450 is how you can engage with us here on the show. We got the Breeders' Cup to talk about. We got... College football on many different levels, NFL, NBA, a recap of the World Series. We can really go on and on, but we're in... I'm sorry, Mike, I can't hear you. Are you there?
1: Kentucky basketball, of course.
0: Oh my goodness, Kentucky. Louisville basketball. (laughs) We got never-ending topics to discuss this morning. We are here with our star-studded lineup, myself, Kelly Patrick, Mike Gandolfo, and the lovely Ashley Miller, ready for a great show this morning. The Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Brandon J Lawrence, personal injury attorney, call 502-587-0041. I
1: hope Brandon calls in today cuz with Tony Romo out against the Cardinals, man, it could really affect the Cowboys, you know whether they don't have Romo for the rest of the year.
0: That's certainly very important. Also, I remembered and I thought of yesterday right when I at the conclusion of the UK game and the way that everything's went down, Brandon has been on the train of he's a Kentucky fan. But he's not a big Stoops guy. So I would love to hear from him. I'll have to see if we can get Brandon involved in the show today. Um, so we got plenty to talk about. We're actually going to head to the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzzline now where we have our man Brian the Insider on the line with us to talk about the results from the richest day in horse racing yesterday. How are you doing this morning, Brian? I'm doing great. How's
2: everybody doing this morning?
1: Doing, but We're doing really well. Really well. I thought it was an incredible two days of racing With a lackluster finale in the Classic. Uh, I think, tell me what you feel. I just feel with Barron, winning the Classic just showed how weak that field overall really was.
2: Well, I don't know. That's a good point. Can you hear me, Mike? I got you. Okay. Uh, I I think that's a good point, although the time was good. I mean, he ran a sub two minute, uh, you know, mile and a quarter out at Santa Anita. You know, from those who didn't get to watch it, he did it all on the front end. And uh, it, was, it got very close at the end. But I think, I think the speed figures will show it was a pretty decent race. But obviously, all eyes are on... I've never seen a more controversial big race in my life. I've been reading a lot this morning. A lot of people really upset with the way Bayern came over and just really compromised the, the, the chances of shared belief. The undefeated uh, champ, champion two-year-old last year... He got just absolutely mugged in the starting gate. There was a long objection at the end. It, it, was, it was held that uh, there was no real foul because it happened in the first jump, but uh, it really cut him. He, he actually ran very, very good to come up for a fourth in that race. I think a big storyline in it was the fact that, you know as we talked about, Mike, a few weeks ago with the three-year-olds, normally the Breeders' Cup Classic is a race dominated by older horses, right. and this year, the top six finishers we 3 three-year-olds.
1: Right. Yeah, so, I and mean, uh, of course, that just goes to show we had a lot of those four-year-olds and older you know, top horses that just didn't run. And, and to me, the the, the race that um, was probably the most impressive, uh, first off, the two juvenile races were amazing. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, I, <laughs> I loved them.
1: Yeah. Uh, if, if you haven't seen them, you need to go back and Google those two juvenile races. We got a long shot in both races. Let's talk first, I guess, about the, uh, the Sentinel Jet Juvenile with uh, Texas Red coming down the stretch look looking like he was shot out of a cannon
2: i mean it yeah, was unbelievable, unbelievable. yeah it reminded me a lot of his sire fleet alex uh, who was uh, if you remember a very very good 3 year old uh, he had the uh, famous uh, deal i think it was in the Preakness, where he actually fell to his knees at the top of the stretch and was athletic enough to rebound from that but uh, uh, yeah it was we got it, i think we definitely got a Kentucky Derby favorite in Texas Red. I mean, that was very impressive with what he did. Uh, so I think he will immediately shoot up uh, to be the number one uh, derby contender for next year.
1: And didn't, didn't show any signs of, of tiring at all. I mean, I thought he hit the finish line in great stride and looked like he could go further if he had to. If he had to.
2: Yeah, very impressive. I think, uh, I think he'll come out of that race very good. You know, he was a $17,000 purchase. Wow. Uh, by with- Keith DeSormo, and he put his brother Kent on him. Uh, so it was a family affair in the juvenile yesterday.
1: And then the juvenile filly was equally as impressive with the biggest payout of the day. Take mm-hmm. charge Brandy, $125 to win, and yeah. she she uh, won the race wire to wire.
2: Yeah, te- yeah, $125. Don't ever count D. Wayne Lucas out, and now he's, he's back in it uh, You know, on, on form I looked at Take Charge Brandy and I said she has no shot why she even in the race. She hadn't put up a speed figure that you know was anywhere comparable to the rest of them. But then I looked and I saw D-Wayne and d will run them anywhere at any time. And he, his famous saying is you cannot win the race if you're not in the starting gate. And it paid off for him yesterday.
1: Absolutely. And then the race that I thought had the most uh, talent in it uh, was the Dirt Mile and uh, former Rick Pitino's former horse Golden Sense running his first his final race, um, and then we also had the big news that often, probably the biggest story of the whole Breeders Cup: Rosie Napravnik closing, yeah. uh, you know, is retiring today.
2: Yeah, and boy, you know, as soon as she made that announcement Friday after she won very impressively on Untappable that she had two jockeys on the horse, her and her seven-week-old baby. Uh, you know, then and then I thought she wasn't going to run. Saturday, but she did run yesterday and thankfully got through that without any kind of mishaps because, you know, being a jockey, as we found out this week with the very sad death of a 17-year-old jock, uh, Luis Saez, that it's a very dangerous sport. So I was glad to see Rosie got out of that. She's going to help her train her husband, develop their barn, but yeah, untappable looked fantastic too. You know, a lot of speculation this morning, guys, is that untappable the Oaks winner, a very impressive Oaks winner, who did try the boys in the Preakness, but didn't do well, but then has won everything else, is, is a very, very live candidate for Horse of the Year.
1: I, I could see that. I mean, there's no, real, there's no real horse that's kind of stepping up and taking it. Wise Dan has uh, obviously had his injuries this year. I mean, really, as far as consistency goes, that's probably a good bet.
2: Yeah, but I tell you what, it, it, I've never seen the horse uh, industry as up in arms as they are this morning about the stewards' decision not to bring Bayern down. I, I actually thought it was the right call because it happened in the first jump. But uh, boy, there are a lot of people that disagree with me, and a lot of people think, and I think a lot of it might have some sentiment to do against Bob Baffert. Uh, you know, he's a very controversial figure. Uh, I like Bob, fine. I think Bayern ran, ran a heck of a race. Toast to New York, who finished the game second by about a nose, a uh, European horse that came in. Uh, he, he also was criticized because he also smacked into shared belief. Poor shared belief just got pounded out of the gate, uh, got pounded uh, before the first turn, and it had to be checked again. So very tough, and then came gamely for fourth. I think he's the real deal. I think he'll prove himself next year. The real question I have is California Chrome. Will he race as a four-year-old? We didn't get to hear any of the dumbass partners get to uh, say anything that uh, gave them that famous name after the race, but there was speculation that if California Chrome did not run a good race, that he would be retired to stud. Uh, so I'm very curious to see what happens there.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting because I think they've just lost – tons and tons of money in those last three races and uh yeah you know but we had uh so that was Baffert's first ever win in the Breeders' Cup Classic which I was hard for me to believe so it's it's really the last feather in his amazing career uh of big races
2: Um, yeah I started thinking back of all the great uh, you know uh, Silver Charm and Point Given and all the great horses that he's had that never won the Breeders' Cup Classic goes to show you how difficult it is to win that race
1: tell we had another trainer kind of uh, it's a trainer I'm not familiar with, but kind of rods up into the spotlight over the weekend. Win three Breeders' Cup races in trainer Chad Brown.
2: Yeah, Chad's an interesting story. He, he he's most notably known as the longtime assistant to Bobby Frankel. Even uh, Bobby is the long, great trainer uh, who uh, who died a few years ago of cancer. And uh, Bobby Frankel was a great trainer, and Chad learned everything. Actually, when I saw when he won with Day at the Spa. Uh, he immediately gave that race to Bobby and uh, said he, everything he learned about training uh, was from Bobby. But you're right. Uh, Kara, and, uh, Ken and Sarah Ramsey use him a lot. Uh, he runs a lot in Europe now. He's a, he's a new name to watch for sure. So, yeah,
1: exciting day. All these races, you can go to breederscup.com, go back and see all the replays of all these races if you missed it, which I'm sure a lot of people did with it being on NBC Sports Network. Um, and now we begin the countdown: 362 days until the breeders comes to Keeneland um, on a weekend where we're going to have a Kentucky football game. The FFA is going to be in Louisville, and they're going to have to battle Halloween.
2: It's yeah, it's going to be very yeah. interesting <laughs> in a small facility to begin with. I right. mean, uh, you know, for those of us that have went to Keeneland, which is a beautiful place, uh, you know, I, I quit going to the Bluegrass Stakes. Uh, seven or eight years ago, because that day got so crowded that you know I parked so far away to get there. I mean, it's it, it's a beautiful facility, but it it cannot handle a big crowd. So I agree with you, Mike. I, I'm very. I, I had a friend of mine said he he's got some tickets. They've already you know in the in the queue for the tickets, and I said no, thank you. I have no interest in going.
1: And then uh, the funny thing too about that is, if people don't understand the whole thing with Churchill Downs and the Breeders' Cup is that the Breeders' Cup. Uh, guarantees the track, the, a normal day's payout as far as what they would make in profit, and then the Breeders' Cup keeps the rest. Churchill Downs, rightfully so in my opinion, goes to the Breeders' Cup and says, hey, we can handle this crowd better than anyone else. You're going to have your biggest crowd here. It's like, let's just kind of let's work together and make this a win-win situation uh, for both of us, a little bit more lucrative for us, a little bit more lucrative for them. Then they, to me, them going to Keeneland is a direct spit in the eye at Churchill Downs. Yeah, and yeah then, I agree with you. but my, and would you think that a day a Saturday in the fall at Keeneland is more profitable than a Saturday at Churchill Downs, given the tradition of you know everyone going there on Saturday? They're they're pretty full on, on the weekends with the you know Kentucky football game and during the the Keeneland day. Also, in some ways, they're losing a ton of money by going to, to go uh, to go to Keeneland.
2: Yeah, I agree with you, Mike. You know, uh, I think there's two big factors playing there. The one, uh, the big elephant in the room, is is the horrible PR job Churchill Downs has, has suddenly inherited over the years. I mean, they are very much disliked. They finally hired a PR guy to deal with the other tracks. But Churchill has a very real problem with the horsemen. Uh, with-
1: with the horsemen. Yeah, with the horsemen. You're right.
2: right. And, and so I think part of that is, is, is not wanting, you know, they still have the boycott of the Professional Betters Association that still is boycotting all Churchill tracks because of the takeout. And then the other big thing, I think it was kind of like a lifetime achievement award to Kingland. You know, everybody loves Keeneland. It's, it, it, it has a very warm place in a lot of people, a lot of horsemen's hearts. So I think it kind of got a Lifetime Achievement Award, but I don't think it was very well thought out. I agree 100% with what you're saying. Churchill is the best facility for the Breeders' Cup. No, none of the other tracks have touched the attendance figures either day uh, for, uh, that were held at Churchill or the takeouts or any of that stuff. Uh, and, and, and not only that you're not crowded when you're at Churchill because it's such a large facility. The weather does play a negative fact this time of year, but it's going to be the same weather down the road in Keeneland.
1: Exactly, exactly. Well, I enjoyed the day of racing, and I uh, hope you have a lot of winners in this month of November.
2: Yep. Uh, everything points now to the rest of the Churchill uh, fall meet with the conclusion of the Clark Handicap hopefully we'll get some uh, some some horses out of the breeders cup to come to churchill they had a, the chaluki stakes run yesterday uh molly morgan won that 237,000 dollar race so uh you know it, it is a good fall meet we have going and i'm looking forward to getting out there quite a few times between the end of the meet
1: well i'll be out there thanksgiving and i'm sure my horse came in third on wednesday and i'm sure we're going to oh. race one more time on uh before the month's out so
2: Oh, congratulations! That's a, that's a nice. The first time starter?
1: No, no, no. Oh, okay. Still, still on the maiden stages, but <laughs> not a first time well,
2: starter. Getting there, third, third place. Maybe you'll get it by the end of the meet.
1: That's right. Help you helps least pay the bills. So, mm-hmm. all right. We'll talk to you soon, Brian.
2: Okay,
0: guys.
1: Thanks for having me on.
2: Thanks a lot, Brian.
0: Wow! Very action-packed uh, segment with Brian the Insider this morning.
1: Just tell me how impressed you are with my horse racing knowledge.
3: I'm just, blown away, personally. Like I, I mean, you come. I mean, maybe you need to just recover a sports, ra- not sports racing, but just, horse racing. Horse instead. racing. I mean, yep. you. you I've w- it all down. I
1: don't even touch what what Brian the Insider <laughs> does, though. I mean, he's, are you
3: his understudy? No, no, no,
1: <laughs> no. We've actually only met once, but I, you know, he's a great guy. I'd really, really enjoy being around him. So we had a great show at derby on the backside right before the derby started so
3: maybe we should invite Brian in one day to sit with us for the whole 2 hours like i, I always always enjoy his comments especially those about the cardinals <laughs> well and he loves
1: yeah i mean he loves talking other sports too so mm-hmm.
0: yeah he he's a big sports fan all around he even follows i can ask him when the tour de france is going on i can say you know how's the tour de france are you serious yeah oh. just follows a bunch of sports yeah i wow. couldn't do that couldn't do that very action-packed weekend after that segment. I mean, Ashley, it's good to hear your voice.
3: Oh, well, thank you, Kelly. was <laughs> the
0: past week going for you? I know uh, you're very busy this time of year.
3: Yeah, yeah. This, this last, probably the last three weeks has been totally crazy. Um, and probably this last week was even worse, and these last three days will be even crazier. <laughs> but I'm so happy to be here because this is like my release from real life. Uh, and that's exactly and how campaign. I feel, too. Yeah, yeah.
1: without a doubt. So you obviously wish uh, Ashley the best of luck. On oh, Tuesday. certainly, yeah.
3: So, Woo!
1: Um, so going back to the action pack weekend, let's start off with what happened on Thursday. Sure. I mean, you got to go to Thursday, right? Got to. That's oh what starts. oh my
3: gosh! <laughs> I'm gonna just take my headset off and walk out right now. Well, I mean, <laughs> you won't think... call, call me back in when you're done talking about this crap.
1: <laughs> no, I mean let's 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 be let's be honest about it. I, I actually got a chance to go to the game, so I was there. It was it was a, a lot of fun. I will tell you, I was a little disappointed with the atmosphere really yeah i thought the atmosphere lacked i thought there was a lot of nervous more nervous energy and it was not sustainable kind of really good atmosphere uh it wasn't like the kind of atmosphere that gives you chills or really kind of lifts you up and the um and i was and i want to be clear i was rooting for louisville big time because i hate Florida state
3: Just that's interesting you know. uh, well i guess you know, well i was supposed to actually be there yeah. We've been talking about this for months, but um, the governor came down for an event for me, so I kind of had to skip. Well, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's you know, kind of important. That yeah, so... The governor um, came down for
0: an event for you. Yes. I had to I had to skip. That's reasonable. That's, that's, that's yeah. rational.
3: Yeah. Yeah, rational decision, I guess, right? Absolutely. So, um, on TV, it looked like that place was really rocking.
0: It did, and I saw a lot of tweets. I saw one guy who covers... Uh, ACC football and has done so for years said that the atmosphere was second to Death Valley.
1: Wow. See, I I don't. I mean, um, I,
3: only Death Valley. I so, what like, are you comparing it to?
1: Well, I mean, like I was at the Notre Dame USC game when uh, Matt lineard pushed or Reggie Bush pushed Matt Leonard okay. across the finish line. It was nothing compared to that. Um, okay. Uh, I've been in. I mean, I, I, from what I understand, the uh, the South Carolina Kentucky game might have been. Been better than that, uh, as far as from an atmosphere standpoint. Okay, um, now part of that had to do with I had two drunk idiots in our section that got thrown out once Louisville started slipping, and they just wanted to fight anybody who
0: they wanted to fight anybody. Oh, uh,
1: they tried to fight an 80 year old man.
0: God, that's weird. I mean,
1: I, I'm, it was it was stupid.
0: That's very that's that can ruin an experience,
1: yeah. So, um, anyway, but uh, I personally believe. Boyd will play as good as they can play. Sure. Okay. You had uh, the offensive. Let's start with the offensive line. Yeah. He by far played their best game of the year for Michael Dyer to run the way he ran. Huge first half. Will Gardner to not really feel pressured at all and was able to sit back and pocket. Which was the problem. Huh?
3: I think that was my problem. Is was that. What? What we talked about, I think, earlier in the season with Will Gardner was made very clear again in this game on Thursday night that um, it wasn't always the fact that he wasn't getting protection. There's time after time that he stood in the pocket protected for a second and second and second. And but threw he a played horrible the, Don't pass. you
1: feel he played as good as he could play? No. I do. In the
3: first half. Well, well I mean, I had. think that he played what's stereotypical of Will Gardner. Like, he normally comes out the gate hot. He does a great job in the first quarter for the most part, and then he's lackluster. He didn't make any
1: – I didn't think he made any major mistakes.
3: Well, I think he missed a lot of really um, open passes, like or he overthrew it, or he threw it too hard in a short distance. He also had a bunch of drops. Yeah, well, and I mean – but you think about – even in basketball, you always talk about putting touch on the ball. You're not going to throw a ball like 90 miles an hour at somebody that's 10 feet away from you. And I think he made a couple of those mistakes that are –
1: I, I I disagree. I think that's as that's that's as good as you, what you can expect. from I, Will Gardner.
0: I, I don't disagree that that's as good as what we can
3: expect you, from
0: him. You yeah. don't. We're you not, gonna, not. We're not going to get a better stat line than eighteen. I'm sorry, twenty of thirty eight, which is just just about half your pass.
1: Right. That's you want to be a line. little bit better than that, you, but, but you're
0: not going to get much better than right. that from Will Gardner. Three hundred thirty yards, one touchdown, one interception.
1: Yeah, and the interception was really late. I mean, the, you can put that interception on him, but it wasn't. I mean, he was trying to make a play.
0: The bottom line is Will Gardner is not that next-level right. type quarterback. We're seeing it a lot of levels in football right now. Arizona Cardinals have Carson Palmer or Drew Stanton. You have to see teams who have good teams. They've got good defense. They've got good special teams. But their quarterback isn't their strong point, so that paints the entire team in a certain way. Whereas we look at we want what we want to see is points. We want to see prolific offense. We want to see putting up a lot of points. We want to see that, and that's not what we get from certain teams. That's not what the cards bring to the table.
1: Right. Being a high-scoring game hurt Louisville. They wanted it to be a low-scoring game for sure. sure.
0: Number one-ranked defense before the game didn't look like it after
1: the game. Now, let's be fair. I thought their defense played pretty well, but their lack of depth definitely showed up. The defense made a couple really key stops. Oh, Being a Kentucky fan, after... That initial drive stalls out the two-yard line, and for some reason, Bobby went for it on fourth and two, which I'm just – everyone around me just went crazy when he had left his offense on the field instead of taking the three points. Yeah. And at that point, they had not shown that they could run the ball at all.
0: Yeah. It, 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 hindsight's twenty twenty. Obviously, had they got a touchdown out of it, yeah, what a great call, right? Well, yeah,
1: yes, but it's still, even the initial reaction to that was like, take the points, take the points, me, don't do this. For me, it was.
0: For me, it was. Let's and, get some points. Let's let's get a lead. Yeah. Let's be winning.
1: But if Florida State then marches down 98 yards for a touchdown drive like one of those 4-5 or minutes. they did not. Which they didn't. The defense held them stopped them around the half, you know, got the ball back. They they kept it to that 0-0 tie in the first quarter. And then I thought the key stop for them was when they in the to begin the second half, Florida State got that late touchdown in the first half. They scored again, then it's a it's a 21-14 ball game. <laughs> Loyal gets that interception and then fumbles back to Florida State on that same thing. If they would have fallen apart there, it could have been a disaster. But they dug in and they got to stop there too.
0: The end of the day, in my opinion, the Cards' defense forced Jameis Winston to do something he's never done before: throw three interceptions. Yep. The Cards did not
3: just fold. They beat the car fire, no. James. Like he was, he, he, was got he got crushed. Yeah. Several times, and they were showing like how many times he'd been hit. Um, versus how many times he's been sacked and all that stuff in that game, and I think that that I think we can't really criticize the defense that much because I think I mean c- considering it's not like we're playing St. Mary of the Woods. Oh like, yeah. I mean for, for them to play. And both of as us have well, played St. Mary of the Woods, by right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah in basketball. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> Look it up, Kelly. <laughs> all right. Um, but I mean we're playing against the number two team in the country, the uh reigning Heisman winner and for them to play that well to have us in such a tremendous place even in the game I think I think it's huge and our defense is something I think it's scary for other teams it should be scary for other teams um but I would I would have rather us got gotten blown out really they lose that way I would rather us have gotten blown out than be up 21 to 0 and
0: then just and then screw it that all way. up
3: it's well, almost like they said Oh, they're not that good. Let's take the my well, foot off the gas a little bit. That's
1: my question. I mean, was F- Florida State, and they've done this. I mean, if they've had to come back from second house, from deficits five out of the last nine, nine games they were down at halftime, were they just kind of coasting through that first half and then just said, all right, let's play? And then...
0: I don't know I if don't it know. was coasting. I mean, Jameis Winston... It looked like he was really struggling.
3: Yeah, I felt like he was, he really was struggling. And,
1: I don't not, know. They're, and they're a second-half team. Let's be fair, though. They, I mean, they
0: always do this. Yeah, they do. This was the most extreme version, the most extreme right. case of this. But this is not uh, out of the ordinary for a, a victory for the, the Seminoles.
3: My, I think my concern is about killer instinct. It's the same thing we talk about like in basketball. When you smell blood, you go for the jugular and you try to put them away. I felt like... We got a little bit complacent on defense. We were playing a lot more prevent, and then they were getting a lot more yardage than they were in the beginning of the game. So I could not even imagine like what was going on on the sideline we're like oh we're up 21-0 we can just like try to protect and make sure they don't score but you're you're letting them march down the field yeah yeah Yeah. so that i wondered what grantham's um logic was behind that because he doesn't seem like that kind of guy he doesn't he's we know we we know bobby's not that kind of guy he likes to put people away and like make a huge statement so That I don't know. It just something is weird. I think we very much could have beaten that team, and we could have beaten them decisively had we continued playing first half the way we played in the first half. I don't. I
1: don't don't think they could have beat that team. So uh, personally, I I mean, I think you saw the Louisville play as well as they can play, and I agree one hundred percent with Ashley that Louisville's defense is good when they're when they're disruptive and proactive instead of reactive.
0: Sure. What what defense defense isn't right? Yeah. What defense is good being? But let's just sit back on our laurels and be reactive and play prevent.
1: I think that totally came down to their lack of depth at defense and why they had to try to keep guys on the field. And
0: the defense did get tired in the second. half. I mean, half. that's
1: that's what it comes down to. So it's like, you know, and that's uh, I think when most football fans said, "Hey, now that you're in a real conference, those depth issues become a bigger, bigger factor when you've got to go play good teams week in and week out." And uh, I mean, 35 points in the second half is what Florida State scored. God. So <laughs> uh, I just feel like they were they were gassed at that point you so. say
0: it all the time i hear it all the time is the best way to help your defense is to have a good running game control the clock keep your defense off the field we see it with the dallas cowboys this year demarco murray all of a sudden best running back in the league when he's healthy and oh my god this horrible cowboys defense from a year ago is now actually pretty good
3: and, it's and i your think is
0: isn't exhausted yeah that's They're a that's effective. a
3: huge point right there because how many times did we see on thursday did our offense go three and out and our defense had just been on the field for however long defending Florida state so it's they're they have to be tired they get, they're getting no break how many of those guys are also playing on special teams so it's like if our offense can't be more effective than that and be efficient and at least stay on the field for 4 or 5 minutes to give those guys a breather
1: but at the same time what do you expect in the fourth quarter Louisville won the time of possession i mean yeah. they won it by almost three well by over 3 minutes so um i don't know i you know I, I thought that I was expecting to see the same thing, you know, the defense just fold for Kentucky yesterday, but their defense just kept on hanging in there and hanging in there, and the offense just never, ever, ever freaking showed up. Just need to get a consistent effort out of both sides of the ball at some point, so.
3: But I will say that we definitely overachieved in comparison to what people expected from the Louisville-Florida State game at the beginning of the season, what that people expected last week, people were still trying to say Louisville's going to get blown out. Louisville's going to get blown out, and I think that we did make a statement that our team is not—we're not number one or two in the nation, but we're definitely a force to reckon with. So I well, think they got blown can't out. overlook us.
0: You think the cards got blown? Are out? Are you kidding
3: me? No, no. Thirty-five half. Kentucky got blown out by LSU. <laughs> we did not get blown out. All right, well, that's it.
0: A-, a couple big statements I took away from the first segment here on the weekend sports buzz: A, Mike Gandolfo. Put his name on it, said that he was not impressed with the atmosphere at Papa John's Cardinal Stadium. Ashley Miller said she would have rather just been clean blown out than lose in the fashion the cards lost in on Thursday.
3: I'd rather see a 38 to 3 or some crap like that than see
0: yeah, what the, we the painful see. way they lost on Thursday.
3: 502 384 1450
0: is the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line. Please call in, get involved in the show. We're going to head to a break. We'll be back with more of the weekend sports buzz.
3: Man, it's too short. Brad. 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 Hey, Jimmy, move out. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy. Move back with your little bunny horn,
0: man. You ain't saying that. Move back. Move back with that little bunny horn. Come on, Brad. Bring your black horn in there. Come on. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Reviewing a very active weekend and week that was in the world of sports, especially here on the local level. We are going to head to the Oxmoor-Ford Lincoln buzz line now where we have a caller on the line with us who wants to discuss the Louisville-Florida State game. We have caller Doug on the line with us. How are you doing this morning, Doug? Oh, hello. Doug,
3: are you there, Doug? Yeah, I can hear you. What are you, what are you? Uh, how y'all doing? And how are you this morning, yeah. Doug? Look, no, hold on.
1: Okay, can you hear me man? We got you, Doug. What do you got for us?
4: Can you you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Go for it. Oh, okay. Uh, Like, uh, I think uh, Bobby Tino kind of shrinks at these kind of moments, you know, when the game was big and everything, you seem to be going to be his best coaching, you know. And and really, you are 21 to nothing, you shouldn't be putting the foot on the grass or something.
1: I don't think, I mean, I think he wanted to keep the foot on the gas. I know there's a lot of people on the Louisville side that were very upset with Bobby's play calling. And I think it goes back to a lot of the people when Louisville had the lead late in the fourth quarter and they were deep in the four states and they had a long third down and Louisville ran the ball. I think that set a lot of people off. But when you really think about the right way to play football, he did exactly what he should have done because if there's a mistake made in the passing game right there, it could be disastrous. And he wanted to trust his defense who has been, you know, at, coming into this game, the number one defense in the country, and played, even though they gave up a lot of points in this game, they played really well. Uh, I think he made the right call there. And it's not like all of a sudden Bobby Petrino or Neil Brown or anybody, you know, forgot how to call plays. Sometimes they have better games than others. Um, but I just don't think he had a whole lot of gas to push.
4: Well, you know, if, if, if to me, if he's going to coach, he. he uh, he should have uh, kind of like, uh, motivate them or do something, you know, even before the game, like in practice or something, you know. They could have probably, uh, done more reps. I, I don't know, but, uh, I, I think he really, you know, I, I thought he wasn't really a great coach, uh, to begin with. So, you know, that's my take on it. Thank you.
1: All right, we got somebody who's not happy with Batrino. Now, I will say there was – I would actually disagree with one thing. If anything, Louisville might have been overhyped for the beginning of the game, kind of shot their load, and then couldn't get anything back, right?
0: Uh, you could say that. They came out very hyped with the big play from DeMonte Parker at the Huge. very beginning. Huge play, which they didn't capitalize on. Um it's tough to say, man. Anytime you can be a Monday morning quarterback and you can always nitpick whatever happens if things don't go your way.
1: Well, and that's what this show's all about,
0: right? That's what sports radio is founded yeah. on. Uh, however, is Bobby Petrino a good coach? I think he is. Absolutely. I Does mean, he have a good team this year? Yeah, he's got, in my opinion, a very good team. Is it a typical Bobby team? No.
1: No. He, I mean, again, because it's not built with his guys. I mean... You know, each coach is going to build a team around their system. And he's got he's got a good team. I don't think he's got a great team. And he's got a team that's going to be a bowl team. And they're going to probably end up winning eight or nine games. And it's going to be a good year, you know. But, I mean, I don't think it's an elite team. I don't really necessarily know that they're a top 25 team.
0: The Cards? Yeah. Yeah, well, Doug sounded like he was a Cards fan who is not a big fan of Bobby. He said he... He didn't even think he was a, a great coach before the game. Well, I mean, Ashley, what do you think of that statement? I Bobby Petrino, Bobby not a great Petrino coach. I
3: Petrino is a phenomenal coach. I do think that his play calling this season has been a bit more conservative than what fans are used to seeing out of him. But we also are not seeing him in his at his best. Like, he doesn't have his own players. He doesn't have a quarterback, clearly, that he trusts. So, I mean, I think... He's not calling the plays now that he was calling with Brian Brom. He's Why? calling,
1: yeah, based on what we he's got. Ha- we don't
3: have Brian Brom. We don't have a Brian Brom-esque quarterback. We don't have a quarterback that he can trust to really do what he wants to do and throw the ball down the field the way that fans are accustomed to seeing Bobby Petrino teams play.
1: But at the same time, since we've seen Devontae Parker back, We've seen him open it up a lot more, and it's opened up the running game, and it's been a huge difference. And
0: Michael Dyer's emergence is huge also, no question about it. We're going to head to the Oxmoor-Ford Lincoln Buzz Line. Keep in mind, 502-384-1450 is how you can get involved with us here on the weekend sports buzz. we got our man Kevin on the line with us. How are you doing this morning, Kevin? My man. I'm doing okay. First of all, I'd like to say... uh, uh
4: Good luck to Miss Miller there. I didn't realize that she was into the politics.
3: Oh, thank you. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, I've dabbled, dabbled a little bit in that realm, so I kind of I didn't realize who you was. And I was like, oh, what's that nice lady that's going to a sports show on Sunday. Oh.
3: <laughs> you know, it's my it's a it's another form of sports, right?
4: <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and, uh, well, we'll get to the just a little football game, and fans. The little fans we need to calm down a little bit here. You got to think now. This Florida State team has hasn't lost a game in twenty-something games. Now I'm a little fan, and I want Louisville to win. But reality is reality. If anybody watched Florida State, I watched them get that North Carolina State game, and they were down big, and they came back ferociously. I mean, you look at it. Jameis Winston is probably the best quarterback in college football right
1: now. I will tell you this: if I had a guy who I know, if I needed in the last two minutes of a ball game to win a game for me, I don't know if I'd want anybody else than Jameis Winston. Especially after what I saw. Not only Thursday this night.
0: year, but historically, he may rank up there. Who would you take, Cam Newton in his prime, over Jameis Winston or Tebow, or even in our recent years? I think Jameis Winston is making a very strong case for being not only the greatest quarterback this year
1: I don't think he can win the Heisman this year though
0: but regardless yeah regardless that has a lot to do with his off the field stuff if we're talking true substance on the field who's better
1: I think what really surprised me from watching him on Thursday night was hey he he has like three or four different release points and he is really good at making reads down the field I mean it's his his football IQ is really up there it's not just him being an athlete it's not a Jamarcus Russell Kind of situation where he's just got unbelievable skills. I mean, he is a he's a very athletic and uh, cerebral quarterback at the same time. So, um, uh, I but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know who I who else I'd want right now. Just thinking, you know, I'll top of my head who else I'd really in want.
0: the kind of Mariota maybe maybe the guy from UCLA. I wouldn't want Mariota Hun- Kevin, Kevin, we appreciate your call. Before we let you go, anything else you want to chime in on? What that I can barely understand you there. We're here, yeah. Anything else before we let you go? Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Kevin. Have a great rest of your weekend. We do appreciate it. No, I, I, I think, and I said last week on the the weekend sports buzz, what I said was, I mentioned a comparison, and I know that it's sacrilegious almost, but Michael Jordan, a clutch in the clutch, he shows up six six and zero oh in the in national in the NBA finals games, he won a national championship in college, is Jameis Winston possibly that next-level type, not only LeBron James or uh, Peyton Manning-type superstar, but is he the type of guy who really is so great of a player, but... Even better when it matters most.
1: Well, especially when you consider, you know, we talk about him throwing the three interceptions, being down his largest deficit of his pro of his college career, pro career maybe if he, you know, depending on how much he is getting paid uh, for those autographs. But the, uh, <laughs> the the college career, he had three interceptions, and after he settled in, they had his last interceptions when they had seven points, and he went on believe them the thirty-five points with no interceptions after that. So. Uh, that's clutch. That's pretty clutch. Yeah,
0: that's pretty clutch. And I know that it's it's.
1: He did take a lot of sacks, though. I mean, he got hit. I mean, he,
0: oh, you, you you fall down, you have bad games. I mean, yeah. Michael Jordan would have two points in the first half and end up with sixty nine. Right. I mean, it, that doesn't matter. You don't have to be everything at all times. What matters though is you show up when it matters most and you win the big games. And I even heard Jesse Palmer on the on the 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 telecast on ESPN mentioned. And I know that I stir people up when I say it, but he also said, "Is he Michael Jordan type talent? Is he?" I mean, we a lot of people get caught up in Jameis Winston off the field and him doing standing up in the hall at school and just making these stupid statements, shooting the BB gun, stealing the crab legs. I, wore, I was
1: impressed, by the way, with the number of crab bibs that were in the. Uh, oh were, yeah, oh yeah, the crab bibs. They were, they were everywhere. That was fantastic.
0: But is Jameis Winston? That next level. Is he better than Cam Newton was in college? Is he better than Tebow was in college? Is he better than Reggie Bush or Matt Leinart or Carson Palmer? Is he the greatest college player of our lifetime?
3: No, I'm not going that far. I'm definitely not going, going that far. Who is?
0: I need an explanation. Who <laughs> is? Who do you put ahead of him? I think because it doesn't matter no.
3: because we don't like him. I, think no, I know you don't <laughs> like
0: him. We, we have that established. I need you to say I who's saw, better.
1: I saw both Reggie Bush and uh, Jameis Winston play live and Cam Newton play live. Um, and I saw Tebow live. Um, I'm trying to think. Really? I'd I'd put Reggie Bush at the top of that list. Right. Personally.
0: Reggie Bush lost. Jameis Winston hasn't lost.
1: It's in his career's not over yet either.
0: No, I'm just saying, is he uh, – okay, well, you take Reggie Bush. That's okay. I mean, Reggie Bush, b- most dynamic offensive weapon maybe that we've ever seen, no question about it, as was Cam Newton, as was Tebow. But Jameis Winston has that special factor where, since he's been a starter, he simply doesn't lose. Now, I know everybody hates him. Ashley, you're, you're uh, grimacing. You, nobody likes this guy.
3: He
1: also didn't play the schedule that Tebow had to go up against.
3: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm uh, partial towards Tim, Tim Tebow in this list of folks. Okay. I think that he did the best with what he had on his team which was great like he had great players um surrounding him and he's also was a great motivator of his yeah. teammates like i think if i mean i don't know if we want to talk about tangibles but we would talk about like who's the best teammate on that list i would always pick tim tebow number one because he's gonna make everybody around him better and it's <laughs> it, not by yelling crap at them on the sidelines yeah, that, that <laughs> like po-
1: James Winston, that post game speech he gave that <laughs> tim tebow gave after yeah. losing might have been one of the greatest things I've ever seen in sports. And then for him to deliver on that speech, to me, that's clutch. Yeah. I mean, that's...
3: I like
0: that guy. The confidence that Jameis Winston has, Charles Gaines said he was yapping at him throughout the game, talking trash to Winston, and all through the first half when the cards were winning by 21, 21 nothing all he said Jameis Winston would respond with is, we're going to see. We're going to see. We'll see how it ends. We'll see. Just... Just extreme confidence, even in the face of just a a horrible disparity in the scoreboard. He'd never faced that type of adversity on the field, and he just said, We'll see. And let's also. And he was right.
4: And he
1: was surrounded. His playmakers he had to rely on were all freshmen and sophomores. I mean, it's not like he had these. Not not
0: the same team from last year.
1: No. It's not like he had all these uh, proven receivers and running backs. And I I was really impressed with their tight end, the O'Leary kid.
0: Yeah,
3: he's good. He's good. Um, and he moves well to be so big.
0: And he is good at recovering fumbles in the end zone, which, <laughs> I mean, in the NFL, would that have been a touchdown? I don't think it would have. It
1: would not have been, no.
0: So that was, in my eyes, an interesting way for them to get on the scoreboard.
1: But uh, I, I just thought the, um, you know, he, he really has to kind of go out there and, and get it done uh, and, and himself in a lot of ways. So uh, very he was very impressive in that second half.
0: Weekend Sports Buzz brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal <laughs> injury attorney. Call Brandon at 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. We encourage our listeners to get involved with the show this morning. Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzzline is 502 384 1450. That uh,
1: the O'Leary kid, by the way, is the grandson of Jack, Jack Nicholas. The golfer. The golfer. Oh, well,
0: yeah. Instead of Jack Nicholson, you mean?
1: A lot of people get those mixed up, right? Do you they, think? they
0: do the name similarity? Yeah. You think there's many people listening, and I'm not being sarcastic, who don't know who Jack Nicklaus is?
1: I would hope not. The greatest golfer of all time? I would hope not. Yeah.
0: But it's warrants being said.
1: Yeah. Where'd
0: Jack Nicklaus go to college? Ohio State. Ohio State. State. Right. That's right.
1: So he's like one of their most famous alums ever. So, But, uh, yeah, I, I just overall, Louisville played really, really well. It just wasn't quite enough. They've got a good team. They're going to have a good year. They're going to go to a decent bowl. Everything's going to work out. They're doing really well in the recruiting trail football-wise. Probably the best Bobby's ever done on the football recruiting-wise. They're, he's going to get it moving in the right way. So,
0: No question about it. Oxmoor, Ford Lincoln, Buzzline 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the Buzzline now where we have our man, The Truth, on the line with us. How are you doing this morning, Truth?
4: I'm not doing too good this morning because uh, I just found out what happened. at little yesterday. about one of my basketball players. I'm trying to I'm trying to
1: get more information on the truth because I reached out to his dad and um, and all that kind of stuff. And it's uh it's really he's Devin Davis is yeah. as good as a kid as there is. Tell, there tell
0: is. our listeners what's going on, what you do know, if you can.
1: Yeah, and I don't want to get too much into because I think it's going to show up in Ashley's segment next, but. Devin uh Devin out of the car driven by one of his teammates uh new teammate Emmett Holt and uh Emmett Holt struck him with the vehicle and Devin is in serious condition.
0: Oh my goodness. So
1: um and the guy beyond you know the fact that he's a really good basketball player, he's a great kid. He's a guy that IU has to have this year. I mean uh as far as giving them some inside depth and uh it's it's really it's really upsetting so I I'm hoping to hear back from his dad here shortly and and figure out you know how he's doing and and, and as soon as I know I'll pass it along.
4: Oh uh, yes, I heard that. I some I talked to somebody up in the Bloomington. They said that, that he was doing too good. Then I heard this morning he was doing a lot better.
1: So just a scary thing shows you how precious life it can be. Uh, we actually had uh, I actually had one of my basketball players played on my first ever high school team that I coached, uh, and he just passed away about a month ago uh, in a car accident, too, and it's just uh, young life's taking too early. It's really sad. Luckily, Devin looks like he's probably going to make it out, but wow. I, I don't know how serious of a it's going to end up being. So,
4: And uh, do you know what I, I was saying to uh, to my wife? Uh, if, if you look at it, let's be honest, let's put basketball and sports on the this. Indiana got a problem with uh, alcohol on eighteen team because if you look up the last six months, somebody's going to get pulled over mm-hmm. for D.Y. going to a
3: they they need to get a
1: hold of that you're right truth I mean Hannah Pereira had the issue last year and uh, it's it's definitely something that uh you've got to make sure that you nip in the bud you know so uh, the the there's a lot of distractions in college <laughs> that can uh, get in your way if you're if you're not careful
0: so aside from the alcohol truth let me ask. How many more years are you gonna to give Tom Crean before he actually makes some noise for this Hoosier's team? I didn't know what you said. How many more years does Tom Crean get? How I many uh, uh I'm a, I'm a, I'm
4: a, I am a gave him two years. I gave him two years. I gave him two years. Okay. I'm a big I'm I'm a I'm a big Tom Crean fan but I i still believe that in him and we gotta be patient. Just like the football team. We don't need another football coach, he just need a uh put the right people in to
1: help him out. Yeah, unfortunately, I use football team suffered a loss to Michigan yesterday. Uh Michigan beat him 34 to 10 and uh uh just it's tough there right now, you know, overall, but you know my thing is if you get rid of Tom Crean, who are you going to get? That's who, right. Who are you going to go get? That's that's better than Hey, the,
4: you know who I'd like to see a big Indiana football coach.
1: Who's that? Charlie Strong. Charlie Strong? All right, well, yeah. we'll, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. With him down in Texas. So He,
0: uh, may, he may be available soon. <laughs> All, right, I'll see you All right, thanks, Truth. Thank you very much for the call, Truth. Good stuff. That's horrible. I had not heard the story about the, the Hoosier's basketball player.
1: Yeah, it just happened. Uh Charlie Strong did get a win yesterday, by the way, thirty four thirteen. So hopefully uh they can keep it rolling now. They did beat Texas Tech who TCU. That's the team T C U hung eighty on, so uh but um it's it's really it's really sad. I mean, I it, it, hopefully the guy is able. You know, it looks like he's going to live. It doesn't look like he's in danger of not living. So next, you hope that he can continue some sort of basketball career. Well, even just I mean, I don't even know how serious it is. Whether or not he's you know going to have any you know a normal life and but then it, basketball. It, career. it
0: sounds like alcohol was involved, and that there was a, a a bad, very irresponsible situation.
1: Yes, and the alcohol that was involved was. You know, he blew a point zero two five, so it wasn't like he was obliterated drunk. It wasn't. What is it? Point zero eight is a is legally intoxicated
0: for someone who's over twenty
1: twenty one twenty
2: one, which this no, guy's he, not.
1: Right, he's not. So uh, there was definitely alcohol in his blood or alcohol in his system. Let's put it that way.
2: Okay.
0: Other stories that we haven't got to yet. We've got just a few minutes left in the hour. Mark Stoops. Gets his second contract extension of the year, and Kentucky puts up this game yesterday. Uh, It was bad. What is what is Mitch Barnhart looking out for? Is he thinking that Texas is going to come take Stoops, or I mean,
1: (laughs) I think Michigan's a real possibility. Do you? I mean, who right now they
0: just fire or their their athletic director just resigned.
1: Athletic director's gone. You want someone who can recruit the Big Ten areas? You got Ohio. You got Ohio, and you, I mean, he can probably he can recruit everywhere from up around there. And, you know, when you think about it, like, uh, is it – would you say the Michigan job right now is really similar to the state of the Kentucky basketball position when Calipari took it or –
0: Sure, certainly. It was
1: in the toilet, right? I mean, it was – and the fan expectations were really high. I don't think there's a John Calipari type out there for Michigan to grab that would want that kind of uh, limelight. I don't know really who they go out and get and. You know, it I think they'll probably obviously the AD getting fired is the first domino to fall. Then they got to hire an AD, so that that AD can hire the football coach oh. that he wants to get.
0: Yeah. Who's I wonder who the top ADs out there.
1: Well, they're the story right now is that they're heavily going after the guy at Northwestern. Okay. That's who they want to get. And um and then after that, they have to go find a football coach and I don't, you know, I'm not sure who it is, you know. Um, I I don't know. I mean, I I don't, think, uh, I don't think Stoops would leave Kentucky after two years.
0: Has his success on the field warranted that type of a promotion and I all this money that's being thrown at him? Yeah, he's a good recruiter, but if you're going to succeed and excel at the top level, which is the SEC, you can't have the eighth best recruiting class and then just rely on that in the SEC. Is that what they've had about?
1: What, in the SEC? Yeah. They've had like the 13th best recruiting class, but it's been top 25 in the country.
0: Okay, but what I'm saying is if you want to actually have success and you're relying on a ground-and-pound type, your grandfather's type football, which is kind of what they're doing, right? They're playing conservative. They're not... Who, Kentucky? I know that they got the air raid, but what, what, what type of style are they employing? They
1: don't things? have a style. That's the problem right now with them overall is they don't have anything. They, they go into the game and they try to figure out what's going to work. And then they go to that, and then so yesterday nothing worked, and they could never get into a rhythm. So they don't have an identity right now offensively because, just like what we were just talking about, Bobby Trino does not have the tools he wants. Kentucky's got more of the tools than they've had before, but they still don't have the tools they need and the depth they need to consistently put in a, a consistent product out there on the offensive side.
0: How many more games are they going to win the rest of this year?
1: I mean, like I said, they've won five. To me, it's been a successful year, whether or not they don't win another game the rest of the year.
0: Okay, you, you, I've I got to give you credit. You were. Going into the season, those are the expectations you had.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think my expectation was actually four.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I yeah. remember that.
1: And so, to, overall, the, the it looks right now that they can't play on the road. <laughs> and if they can't play on the road, they're not going to get another win because they're sure as hell not going to be Georgia next weekend. Uh, one of the best rushing teams in the football. Although they played Kentucky, played Florida tough, and Florida beat Georgia yesterday. They beat South Kentucky, beat South Carolina, and South Carolina beat Georgia. So.
0: At the end of the day, in my eyes, they're giving Stoops his second contract extension of the year.
1: That's weird, yeah.
0: And Michigan, do you realistically think they're going to take a sub-500 head coach to to, to resurrect this this sleeping giant that is the Michigan football program? If you're a Michigan booster, what would you say about that?
1: I'm just saying right now, one of the big complaints in Michigan is that the recruiting has been terrible, that their recruiting has been awful.
0: So they're going to bring in a a sub-500 head coach. I, I'm not.
1: I'm not. I'm not saying that he's warranted or not. I'm just saying that I think it could be. It could be like okay, who's left, kind of thing. Yeah, it okay. looks
0: like that's the case. It could have been obviously. like when
1: Kentucky hired Billy Gillespie, and it was like okay, we've been turned down by six people. Who's next on the list that we can real? Because we need a football coach. Who can we go get?
0: Yeah. Or when Tennessee, Tennessee got the guy from Cincinnati a couple of years ago when Charlie Strong turned him down.
1: Yeah, and no, no, that's turned out pretty good for now, him. A
0: lot of times those stories do turn out pretty well.
1: Yeah, so I mean, again, he's not—they're not killing it, Tennessee's not killing it by any means. But I still feel like you can see Kentucky and Tennessee both going in the right direction. So,
0: no question about it. We are at the end of the first hour. Be sure to stay tuned. We'll be back with more of the weekend sports buzz.
4: Standing up, talking to the people, and I found out it was him—that deadly drug that go in your vein. He said, "I came to this country
3: without a passport." Ever since then I've been hunted and sold. And when you're out there, without well care.
0: Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. It is the 11 o'clock hour. And what does that mean? It means we're ready for the top segment, whether it be television or radio, in the city of Louisville or the state of Kentucky. We have Ashley's Loco Cinco, also known as Ashley's Crazy.
1: You know what's crazy? What's crazy? Ashley here was just featured on MSNBC on national television. Wow. Wow. That's crazy.
3: That's, that's crazy. really crazy.
1: <laughs> so someone that we're sitting with was just on a national news show. That's, uh, that's crazy. And it wasn't for, like, you know, to catch Predator or something like that, which is, you know. That's, that's,
0: that's awesome, bonus. right? <laughs> that's that's <still> a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> that still would have been impressive, but this is much more. <laughs> of course it would <laughs> know, so, See you, Kelly. <laughs> so you're oh. in,
1: this, you're in studio right now with two people that have been on national television. So You just, better
3: step your game up.
1: Yeah, you got to, you
0: know. I was at a derby uh, event years ago. And for some reason, a camera focused in on me, and one of my uncles from a, d- a different part of the country said he saw me. Nice. So, does that do anything for you? Well, I mean, it's not
3: house hunters, but you know, whatever. <laughs> in fact, the Kelly up? wished that I was on national television for a crime, because then I could take over as the resident thug on the weekend sports. No,
0: program. that's still Kelly.
3: Good luck with that. <laughs> good,
0: good luck with that
3: one. You can't be unseated, is that what you're saying? But, I mean,
0: if I if I am, then I'll have to do something to up the ante. Yes. Because well... We don't want that <laughs> contest. <laughs>
3: Well, apparently, uh, we do have five stories today, and the first story features your favorite person in the world, I believe, Kelly, not Justin Bieber, <laughs> but a close second in Floyd Mayweather. Um, apparently, uh, Las Vegas strip clubs are getting a stern warning from cops saying not to let Floyd Mayweather inside of the clubs because apparently he has um, sexually harassed some of the strippers. Of course, it's something that Floyd denies, but um, apparently the vice unit of the Las Vegas Metro Police Department contacted multiple clubs in Sin City telling them that Floyd and his crew have run uh crazy in various clubs manhandling the girls and as one law enforcement source put it uh floyd goes in and pulls a do you know who i am type of thing and does inappropriate things with some of the women uh we apparently tmz spoke with the with some of the head honchos at multiple strip clubs who said that they will not heed the warnings and they will let him in um of course because he spends a lot of cash um Floyd is adamant that he's never done anything wrong, particularly with the women uh, in the clubs, and he doesn't know why the cops have it out for him. Um, Would you, you two guys, um, I know we talked about your uh, liking (laughs) to making money in business. Would you let Floyd Mayweather in your club?
0: Sure.
1: Yeah, you know, he still has green, right? As long as he doesn't affect the green of other people there, you know.
0: And, and as long as he doesn't physically or sexually assault one of my, employees. yeah, you wouldn't want,
1: yeah, exactly, you wouldn't want that.
0: But if he is, if they are sexually assaulting, which I guess that sounds like these are what these accusations are, then you do have to take some type of action, right? Yeah, without a doubt, can't support that. But sounds like they're, God, just partying <laughs> hard, right? Apparently, apparently partying pretty hard. I just, uh, I'm tired of hearing about him. Yeah, Floyd. Floyd Mayweather is significant in the world of sports in that he is probably and arguably the most dominant individual athlete in the world of sports. Michael Schumacher in Formula One is no longer racing. But before he had his accident, he arguably was. But I think Floyd Mayweather is the most dominant individual athlete in the world. Am I wrong? (sighs) What do you mean by dominant? Most valuable. Most, I mean... The best at their sport. We have Roger Federer. But does it matter if their sport's not relevant?
3: Well, I mean, is I it, still think boxing is relevant because people... He makes
0: more money than any other athlete in the world. It's and you definitely can say relevant. You it's not say,
3: what it used to be. Boxing's not like the center of the world like it used to be. That, when that there is, was like Muhammad know. Ali, like George Foreman, when Mike Tyson was fighting, that was a whole different world of boxing, but... He's still a person that everybody's talking about for whatever reason, even though he only fights once, maybe twice a year. I mean, I actually consider going to China to watch Manny Pacquiao fight, (laughs) but I'm also like, I absolutely love boxing. So, I mean, I think it's still relevant. It's different than it was like in the 90s when everybody watched boxing and everyone like really just... Loved, I mean, and everybody also too criticizes Floyd Mayweather because they don't think he actually fights the whole round. They just think that he just kind of dances around and he's not really contested. But he's not been beaten, so I don't know it's tough. I, don't know. I wish I don't it know. was I don't know. more interesting. Who's the n- number two? Who who
0: who is the best athlete in the world of sports? Best at their sport. LeBron. Peyton. LeBron. Peyton.
3: Peyton.
1: Oh
0: well, yeah, uh, that's tough. I and I, you know. I'd, you know I don't know. That's
3: well, tough to argue with. Floyd's been the, you know what, don't, argue. Floyd's today. been
0: at the top of the pound for pound rankings for about fifteen years. No one's touched him.
1: But he still probably, to me, like doesn't have ring have the same kind of dominant as like you would affiliate with uh, young Mike Tyson.
0: No, he's not a slugger like that, but to say that he's not dominating, I would very strongly disagree with that statement. I'm he, not
1: saying that. He puts
0: on a boxing clinic every time he's inside the ring. You cannot touch the guy. Yeah. And that is boxing. It's not and punching. It, with the way punching the, is not the sport. It's called boxing. And he the, dominates that.
1: With the way the fighting sports are right now, is he boxing against guys that would ever get the chance to box against someone like that twenty years ago? Are they I mean the, the talent that he's boxing against, is he a division one boxer box against division three type fighters?
0: I mean, as far as the pound-for-pound pound rankings and the divisional rankings go, no, he always fights people who are good opponents, people who are ranked right behind him.
1: Yeah, but there's no one to challenge him. I mean, there's no— That's,
0: that's debatable. It's tough to really tell because how do you quantify that? Is it dollars and cents? No. <laughs> okay, well, if that doesn't answer it, then uh, does that mean they're not talented, the people they're fighting?
1: Would they have been at the—you know, if, if they were fighting 20 years ago, mm-hmm. would they be as good as they are now?
0: They're fighting the likes of...
1: Leon Spinks and, you know, actually, I guess that was 30 years ago because I'm really old. You know, Hearns and all those guys. Hagler. Hagler. Duran. Sugar Ray Leonard.
0: Probably not. That was a great era. But you're right. The the The, the parody is not there.
1: So, I mean, I could be dominant if I'm going out and playing basketball against a lot of third-grade Boy Scouts. So.
0: But that's not what he's doing. These guys are... I mean, we can look at who he fights.
3: <laughs> well, that I hate to, to break up your topic. conversation Ashley here. <laughs> but on to story number two, which story also two. features another polarizing figure. Johnny Manziel apparently went on a cursing rant at an NBA referee during the LeBron, LeBron James homecoming game in Cleveland the other night. And of course, somebody sitting behind him captured it on their iPhone. He was cursing at the. And the referee. Wow. Um, so apparently Johnny Football was pissed off after he clearly felt, you know, what was a bad call and repeatedly yelled from his courtside seat, BS, like actually saying the word and the F word for literally a solid minute. Wow. Took and his they- hat off, rubbed his hair, cussed some more, looked at his friend next to him, cussed some more, and... You watched I- the video? I watched the video. Um, but... It's funny that you know people are asking: Is Manziel really that passionate about the Cavaliers, or does he just want Cleveland fans to think that he's like really just loves them that much? I it's don't really know. interesting because he really like, and you can hear him. It's it's not like I think the person obviously was in the seat the the row behind him or like two rows behind him, but you can hear <laughs> hear him dropping the f bomb, and yeah,
1: he's wow. just not very mature. I mean, that's that's all there is to it. But. Maybe
3: he's bored. I mean, he's not, He's bored, clearly.
0: Yeah, um, building stock or, or uh, growing your stock within the Cleveland fan base, that may help. Will Johnny Vantel <laughs> end up being a, an NFL quarterback that's successful? That's still, the verdict's out on it. The Browns seem to be doing all right without him. Um, wow, that's an interesting story. All right, move, yeah.
3: moving right along. Story number three. Right along, also um, kind of an extension of that story this you know includes the Cleveland Cavaliers but apparently the Cavaliers are telling media that they have no idea why a ball boy was serving players Gatorade masked in a Powerade bottle at the game the other night. What? Um so uh, apparently Twitter exploded after or during the Knicks Cavs game when a TV camera caught a Cavs ball boy making the switch behind the Knicks ben- bench. Bench Now, the Cavs, who have a sponsorship with Gatorade, uh, tell us that they're investigating why the official drink was being poured into a competitor's bottle. So they say that we're looking into why the Powerade bottles were used in the first place. We're trying to figure out what happened. Um, The team made sure to clarify that the incident did not occur on their bench. However, it was a Cavs employee that did it.
1: So (laughs) So, if you had a a Nick who was sponsored by Powerade.
3: Uh Uh-huh. I, I guess. Mean, I mean, yeah. that,
1: that's a mark. It was a marketing thing at, at some point. I guess. I
0: don't. I guess the only thing that could really make sense, right? I mean, yeah, had to have been. But they got caught on camera doing it.
3: Yeah, that's the that's a problem.
0: <laughs> I mean, that kind of
1: stuff happens like you know all the time, though. I mean, probably it,
0: branding it, is everything.
1: Yeah, you know, I have to show this logo, but it doesn't have to necessarily be what's in the cup, kind of thing. You know, um, you know, just like Tiger Woods probably doesn't drive a Buick. I'm just going on a limb. Neither does Peyton Manning. So LeBron
0: doesn't drive a Kia. Yeah, I'm yeah. guessing.
3: I'm sure LeBron probably doesn't drive.
0: He might. Ha- he probably has a Kia. <laughs> so,
3: all right. Story number four. Um, story number four, which was I, you know, really interesting to me. Um, Mike Tyson went public this week saying that he was sexually abused as a child. Wow. Um, by a man who uh snatched him off the street when he was only seven years old. Um, Tyson reportedly visited um. Opie radio on sirius xm earlier this week and opened up about how some old creepy man he didn't know abducted him and abused him roughly 41 years ago so during the interview tyson explained um in quotes the man bullied me sexually abused me and stuff snatched me off the street i was a little kid I never saw him again wow that's and mike horrible. says he never spoke with the police about the incident when asked um if he was emotionally scarred mike told opie that he's just not sure i'm going to venture to say Yes, <laughs> let's go, let's
0: go out on a limb and say that disturbed Mike Tyson greatly.
3: Yes.
1: Yeah. Wow,
0: that's that's an interesting one. That's that's horrible.
1: And I just hope he's not trying to get publicity.
3: Yeah, me too. And that's what I, I, you know, and I always try to take things at face value and try to take stuff seriously when people report things like this, especially. But I wonder what made him. You know he's done the he's doing the whole one man show thing where he's kind of giving a lot more insight into things that have happened in his life. But I wonder why like he chose to do it in this way, um, and at this point too. So
0: yeah, I mean it's does he want to make money from it? Sure, he's had very well documented financial struggles. Did it happen? Are any of us doubting that it happened? And you can listen to his voice. That guy seems like a disturbed guy.
1: He's definitely a disturbed guy. He,
0: he definitely, I, I, it would I, not
1: surprise me if it happened.
0: I believe 100% that that happened. I do not question the authenticity of that claim. Well, but, but is he trying to do it to turn over some money? I mean, that's, yeah, we, we don't know. Interesting story. All right, moving right along. Story number five.
3: Story number five uh, Indiana University basketball forward Devin Davis is in oh, serious yeah. condition um, after being struck by a car driven by teammate Emmett Holt. Um, according to Sabrina Sabrina Adams of Fox 59, the incident occurred early Saturday morning. Davis was struck shortly after getting out of the vehicle and was taken to IU Bloomington um, Hospital. Part of the Indianapolis Stars, H- Hoosiers head coach Ton Crean released a statement in support of Davis, his family, and Holt, he said, First and foremost, our thoughts are with Devin and his family, and we pray that his condition improves in the coming days. An injury to one of us is an injury to all of us, and we are devastated by the news. We'll continue to support Devin and him in every way possible, and I know the Hoosier family will come together to rally for these young men. We're working on gathering additional information on the on the accident. So apparently, um, according according to Jeff... Goodman of ESPN.com. Holt was cited for operating a vehicle with a blood alcohol content over .02, which is the legal limit for a driver under the age of 21. Um, Holt registered a .025. Um, of course, we know Dave is a sophomore for, from Indianapolis, and uh, Holt is a freshman who was set to make his debut during this season. So, um, we haven't really been. Have you heard anything? Any updates on his condition? I have
1: not. I got a couple feelers out right now, and I've not heard anything. And but you know, I'm sure if it's a serious situation like that, there's probably not a lot of people checking email and doing all that kind of stuff right now either. So right. Uh, and I'm I'm probably not on the top of their priority list. But no, uh, no. you should be. <laughs> no. But be. uh, you know, it, just a great kid, and and in, I think the unfortunate thing about this story is exactly what the truth said. It's like, does IU... Is starting to have more and more of these incidents um, rear their head, you know, and I know that Tom Crean's feeling the pressure of the situation, and hopefully that they're able to kind of pull things in and get things done the right way, and every you know that, and I hope Devin's okay and uh, and IU does does well, you know.
3: Yeah, I mean that's tough, and I think of course. um Nobody ever wants to see something like this happen to a kid, you know. And then, then it's like, who's going to have to answer the questions of why are these kids drinking underage? Because obviously, if he was twenty one, no one's talking about a point zero two two five blood alcohol level, right? If he's twenty one, but the fact that he's not, and then he's getting alcohol, and he's on he's a Division one athlete, then all of those in, things in are going to come. Yeah, in season. In season. Now, yeah, dude. all of those things are going to come into question.
0: Sure, sounds very irresponsible. Unfortunately, a lot of people at that age do partake in you, such. You didn't do that, though. No, I mean, I, we know Kelly did. I, I led the group. That was anti. <laughs> that Kelly, type of thing. Kelly
3: was the, the ringleader.
0: Straight edge, all the way. He was.
3: He was probably the one actually securing the goods.
0: <laughs> no, a lot of kids do stuff like that. You know, they're not saints. Does it make me think they're bad kids? No, not at all. Was it very irresponsible? And could one of them be dead? In the reality, yes, that's very a very real issue when you get a car and alcohol involved and you're acting immaturely. So we'll
3: see. I have a surprise. Number six? I have a number six. Oh, my god! It's totally random, but um, you guys have heard, you know, D'Angelo De- Hall, yeah. the Washington Redskins cornerback uh, that was out for this year from suffering a torn Achilles, right? Um, Well, apparently his recovery timetable has now been extended because he retore the surgically repaired tendon. Do y'all want to guess what he was doing?
0: Oh my gosh. So, what tendon was it?
3: His Achilles. Okay. Man,
0: what was he doing? Playing basketball? No. Um, It's so silly. I don't know. What was
3: it? It's probably something Kelly does every night. Really? <laughs> he said... Yoga? Wind sprints? No. no. Wind sprints? Yeah, definitely not, <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> he said that he slipped on the kitchen floor on the way to get a slice of pizza in the middle of the night. <laughs> I
1: don't
3: Do that we believe that? That sounds, sounds right? very suspicious. <laughs> sounds possible. possible, but why was... If
0: you're a finely tuned athlete like that, are you eating pizza in the middle of the night?
3: Uh, well, he's, de- he's out for the season. so. But still,
0: that is one of the faster human beings on the planet. You would think that he sticks to a very strict diet. I would.
3: Mm-hmm. Maybe well, not.
0: Maybe he's just got one of those metabolisms that it doesn't matter what too. he eats. Yeah. Yeah. I but, mean.
3: So now it's looking like um, they said he does need to have surgery again to re-repair it. And um, that put another three months on his potential comeback.
0: My vote goes to story number two, which was a drunken Johnny Menzel dropping just a lot of F-bombs and, and uh, BS drunkenly at the Cavs game. I don't know why that's entertaining. Is, he, is it appropriate? No. But you guys, we've been to NBA games.
1: I'm going to be going to one Tuesday night, it looks like, too. Brother. Are you? Yeah. Oh,
3: really? Where are you going?
1: I'm to- the Toronto Raptors and the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder.
0: Wow. Yeah. Going up to Toronto? I'm going up to Toronto. Seriously? Yeah.
3: Why to Toronto?
0: A little real estate conference. How'd you then, pull that off? What's that? Pull and the tickets?
3: Yeah, I mean, how aren't you taking us with you?
1: Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. You can go with me if you want. I thought Tuesday was kind of a big deal for you.
3: Tuesday's <laughs> bad for you. <laughs> no, Tuesday Tuesday's good for me. I actually might want to disappear during the whole day. I need to keep myself occupied.
0: Tuesday um, in Toronto. Is that the Air Canada? Center? I have
1: no idea. I just, uh, am, wow. you know, Steven Adams, who was a Derby Classic guy, plays for the Oklahoma State Thunder. So I'm trying to get all that stuff arranged right now. So Wow.
0: Yeah. Speaking of which, that, that can parlay us into some NBA discussion.
1: Well, let me just tell you: are, are you an NBA fan? Who's your NBA team? Pacers. The Pac- you are a Pacers fan, a local. I have
0: been. That's, yeah. that's always been my are team. you? you me? Been,
3: yeah. Well, okay. So you all know that I'm loyal to a player correct le- like le- so you all know that's how i work that's how you um, roll that's how i roll like Derek Dieter. oh no <laughs> i don't have a baseball player i guess i need to work on that for next year right so who's your player my player now um well probably in the last four years has been lebron it was always Shaq growing up like i think like my fourth grade pictures were in like Shaq attack outfit so um but i met him and that changed my mind significantly um but <laughs> <laughs> um, but I actually, LeBron was always my close second. Yeah? Yeah, and so um, after that, and then he soon after retired, which was fine anyway because I was on to LeBron. So that being said.
1: You're a Cavs fan.
3: I'm a Cavs fan.
1: All right. I'm a Knicks fan.
3: Knicks, okay. Oh, I I so this was a good week for you then. I, I know. It was, well, it was a bad week and then a good week.
1: Yeah, th- I don't understand. Like, they, they had their home opener against the Bulls get blown out. Blown out against the Bulls, and then go to Cleveland, who you know I would think most people would say is better than the Bulls. I mean, if if I'm picking the big three that I'd rather have, I, if I'm LeBron, I would rather have Kyrie Irving than Dwayne Wade, and I'd rather have Kevin Love than Chris Bosh. I think they're at a, at a better spot than they were in Miami, and they've got even got a better supporting cast. You know, having Varsha at the center, I think mean, Cleveland's for real. Sure. How do they beat Cleveland at Cleveland to open up their place? I just, I do, it was like two totally different With teams. LeBron
3: James with eight turnovers. Yeah. yeah. Like, st- I feel st- like st- he was.
0: Statistically, maybe the worst game ever for
3: LeBron. Ever in life. I think he was trying too hard. And I think, I don't know. And then, you know, uh, Kevin Love, I think, made a statement about um, them, their chemistry. And, you know, people being out for injuries and then trades and all that stuff so i mean i think they're still like kind of learning each other and figuring Absolutely. out who's I mean, going to play what no, no role question. yeah so um i think they look a little but the next are they definitely still look kind of other. rough
1: i mean the knicks this knicks team if you look at this roster i mean it's it's terrible and it's just uh i don't know i i'm just uh, i'm it'll be interesting for me to see kind of what happens with the knicks now that they got phil jackson there you know what kind of role does phil jackson play and is he able to get these guys from a, an administrative role, not necessarily a coaching role, really get them to pl- all play together uh, and keep Carmelo uh, happy? I was not really happy that they got Carmelo come back. I was hoping Carmelo would have left.
0: Carmelo, one of those guys similar to Jameis Winston, and that most people just don't like him. Can we agree to that?
1: It w- it's not that I don't like him. I just don't think you can have a winning team around him.
3: Okay. Around who? I missed the name. Carmelo. Oh, yeah, no.
1: And definitely can't do it if J.R. Smith or other scoring option because oh gosh. I mean he is uh, he should be on Ashley's crazy so every week yeah
0: just Shane Larkin's on the team yes doesn't seem to fit into that team very I'm well old? no no not so much that mold Shane Larkin seems to be an efficient point guard type guy averaging seven and a half points a game four assists a game so having an impact also got guys like Tim Hardaway Jr. Samuel Samuel Dallenbert, uh Travis Ware. Out of UCLA or North Carolina. UCLA, UCLA, both. I think he. Yeah, he started
1: in North Carolina. Transferred, but um,
0: Clay Anthony Early out of Wichita.
1: So they've got some talent. They got young. Those are young talent. I
0: mean, we'll see. I
1: mean,
0: Um, Amari and Carmelo and Jr. Smith do not sound like a good recipe for success. No. Other storylines across the NBA. Oh, did I'm sorry,
3: Mike. Did you pick your just your number? For your top five, your favorite? I'll go with, them. I'll go
1: with Manziel. Just You're going with Manziel? Yeah. I don't want to vote for Floyd. So.
3: Yeah. Floyd's kind of a <laughs> Floyd. He's just Floyd. <laughs> that should be an adjective. You're such a Floyd. It
0: <laughs> just, ev- just means everybody. <laughs> I- I'll happily take that adjective. It means you make more money than anyone else and everyone hates you. I don't care about people hating me. No? No. no I'd love to be the guy who, oh, he makes... He, everybody hates him oh yeah he makes way more money than anyone else Wouldn't
1: well, that be but wouldn't that be kind of a lonely
3: no i hate you'd rather have the money than no because he thinks that he'll have a lot of friends I'll because he has fr- so much money I'll have friends <laughs> i'll still be me and he'll have girls
0: yeah well i've got a wife but i don't so i wouldn't need girls but
3: you like how you fix that, you? Yeah. Like he fixed that said, yeah he said yeah real fast but
0: i think floyd has friends i don't think floyd's a bad guy I don't think his friends think he's a bad guy, but the people who don't know him hate him. That's okay. I'm cool with that. Floyd, I'll forever be someone who defends Floyd as a legitimate champion, as a dominant athlete. Other stories across the NBA. Miami's starting out 2-0. and Are they going to be any good? They could be. <laughs> I don't. I think it's a little too early to tell. Yeah.
3: Luau Ding.
0: They still got, obviously, Wade and
3: Bosch. It's really. I feel like it's it's too hard. I mean, obviously, we all think like we. I think we all agree that Cleveland has a really phenomenal team, but they look a little bit crappy right now. Oh yeah. So I think it's way too early to tell who's actually going to be good. And then, um, then somebody just got hurt this week? Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook hurts his hand. How long is he out? Or broke? He broke a bone. Is that right? In his
1: foot. Yeah. Well, the, the Thunder are hurting big time because they they don't have Westbrook. They don't have Durant. Uh, you know, it's they're it's it's gonna be tough for them. Durant's well, out for a while. And,
0: who shoots the ball when those guys are out? They
1: had that uh, that young kid's been tearing it up for him. That uh, the hes kind of almost Durant-like. He's six eleven. Uh, shoot, blanking on his
0: name. Um, I'll bring it up right here. But if we had to rank the top, let's they, say five teams in the NBA, just based off of your gut, which tells you how far they're gonna go in the playoffs, who's gonna win the national ch- or the NBA finals. Who would you put at the top of that list? You can't really say the Spurs don't deserve to be there. Can- uh, the Spurs would be up there Can- like Can- number one. They're number one. Yeah. Ashley. Spurs are number one. Cavs have. Anyone- yeah,
3: I guess I think the Cavs are, are could potentially they're number could be number one in theory. I think the Spurs have proven proven they have the best team in the league. Perry Jones.
1: Perry Jones, yeah.
0: Perry Jones. Out of Can- Kansas. Or Kansas. Bay- Baylor. Baylor. Baylor.
1: Yeah. Um, I also uh, think uh, if we're going back to that discussion, I, th- I think the Clippers have a chance of being really special this year. Um, what about Houston? Mm,
0: Nobody Starting like- off the year 3 Nobody likes Dwight Howard, but no. No. James Harden's legit. They've got the complimentary. They got Terrence Jones, who's been doing really well.
1: Terrence Jones is doing well. He,
0: I watched the game the other day, and he looked at a huge first half.
1: I would think, uh, you know, I'd have to put Chicago. In that list, obviously,
0: if, if Derrick Rose's health,
1: yeah, Derek Rose's health is a huge part on that. Um, I don't know, man. Beyond that,
0: what about Golden State?
1: Golden State definitely would have to be pretty close. I mean, would they get, with their scoring combo there?
0: They just re-signed Clay Thompson.
1: Um, uh, you know, really with with the. OKC okay, having those injuries, it really kind of opens that up, you know. You could even have like a surprise Sacramento team maybe kind of put things together and come out of there, you know. I wouldn't be surprised with that. See, you know, with Cousins kind of coming up. Or even New Orleans, I mean, uh, with Anthony Davis playing the way he's playing. Uh, almost had a triple-double in his opener, you know.
0: And then he's followed it up with other good games. Yeah,
1: so it could be uh, – you know, any any team with a Kentucky player, with a strong Kentucky presence, should be a pretty good NBA team.
0: I don't know. In in being all in in all seriousness, the Western Conference is so strong this year. Yes, that you could make an argument that maybe eight of the top ten teams in the league come from the Western Conference.
3: Let me ask you all this: If you had to pick. We need
1: to talk about real basketball, though. We need to talk about college basketball.
3: Oh, that's true. But if you had to pick one person to build your team around that was the best teammate and, like, thinking about being a good teammate, thinking about being a phenomenal player, who would you pick if you could only pick one? Durant. You pick Durant to build your team around?
0: I mean, what is this, for the next 10 years or just one year?
3: You say for, say, say, one to three. One to three.
0: LeBron. I mean, you are talking about healthy Durant. I am assuming.
3: No, oh, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Not the Durant with the book. With the I book. think from a, I think
1: Durant, Durant, just because I think he's a better teammate than I would think LeBron would be. Okay,
3: I pick LeBron.
0: I'll take LeBron.
3: Of course, I pick LeBron. But I mean, come on,
1: <laughs> I, listen. I think LeBron's the best player in the world. I think he's a good teammate. So.
0: He's a good passer. Does yeah. that make you? I th- a good honestly teammate? think
3: that's a probably um, his probably a bigger issue for him because I think sometimes when he should be taking over games, he's trying to get other people to step up when he should actually. I think sometimes it. He's trying to not be as selfish as he can be. Like, he's not. He doesn't have a Kobe mindset.
1: The killer, the killer instinct.
0: He's much more. Always has been much more magic. I got this. I'm gonna take this. (laughs) Much more, much more Magic Johnson than Michael Jordan. I would agree. I may be getting carried away here, and I'm a Louisville fan. So this, go ahead and crucify me. You're gonna say Russ Smith.
3: (laughs) Dun dun dun! (laughs) (laughs)
0: Through through two games, Anthony Davis is averaging 28.5 points a game. Sixteen rebounds a game, two and a half steals a game, one and a half assists, six blocks per game. Does well, he deserve to be in this conversation?
1: There's a lot, I mean, yes. I mean
0: seventy six percent from the line?
1: There's a lot of What's people. His out weakness? There, there's a lot of people out there saying right now that he is, you know, he's definitely a top five player in the NBA. He might be the number third player in the NBA. And now with Durant out, I mean, he, this is where he's supposed to put himself as like the new as the next big superstar. I mean, Everything this summer is what you heard, is that he is going to solidify himself this season as the next NBA superstar. So Half a
0: turnover per game? I mean, this guy does not have a weakness. I don't know what his bench press is. I can't imagine it's that high. But does that even matter in basketball?
1: No. I mean, he, as long as he's getting rebounds.
0: <laughs> blocking shots, impacting others. I mean, we'll have to see if the Pelicans in their cast of Tyree Evans, Ryan Anderson, Drew Holiday... Austin Rivers, if that's the type team, Eric Gordon, if those guys can make some noise. Did Russ not make the team?
3: Yeah, he's on the roster.
1: Well, he's not even on the did not play part of, their, uh, of the roster. I think he may be in the night. NBDL. Is he? Is he? He must be. Well,
3: I, I was going to say, I looked last week, maybe that's a, something a new change, I actually looked him up, um, actually earlier in the week and he was on there.
1: He sprained his thumb but should be okay tonight in the season over the Pelicans. but then he wasn't listed. I don't, I don't know.
0: All right, Mike, you said we need to talk about college hoops, baby. College hoops. Before before we do that, I want to remind our
3: listeners. Do we have to take a break anytime soon? Well, We've, we probably should take a break. We probably should take something we can get really not get interrupted with our college basketball hoops because we know what this conversation is about to be about.
1: And then we got to go NFL picks after that. So. Oh, yeah, Certainly.
3: we got to do it. The weekend, weekend Sports Buzz
0: is brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Call 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. Brandon J. Lawrence, we appreciate you. To get involved with the show, we got about 20 minutes of airtime left. 502-384-1450 is the oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line. Be sure to stay tuned. We will be back with more of the weekend sports buzz.
2: So be you Italian, Jewish,
3: black or mixed. I can make the most virile of men forget their sex. So now... So now, my man, you must...